Today I want to talk to you guys about something um, you may or may not have heard about before. It's connected with unforgiveness and stuff, but it's called bitter root judgments. And uh, bitter root judgments come from a phrase in the Bible from Hebrews 12, 15. I'll have that on the screen for you guys. And I really do, I was saying this earlier, but I really do believe that today, you, you have part, a part to play in this. Today you have the ability to forgive and your life will change. I can't make you forgive. I can't make you, uh, you know, let go of something that happened before. But I can, I'm trying to lead you to the water, and hopefully you'll drink. Amen? But Hebrews 12:15 says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So these bitter roots will grow in your life. They'll cause trouble, and they will defile not just you. It says they'll defile many. Which, who's many? It's pretty much anybody you have a relationship with. Which can include your children. It can include your spouse. Include your someone you work with. A friend, a buddy, whoever. If we let bitterness grow on the inside of us, it will defile you. And people around you. Okay? Now, if we want to be like God, well, you need to do something about that. Amen? If you want to be like the devil, just keep letting that bitterness grow and it will take root. Amen? So when we harbor uh, negative beliefs, judgments about other people due to past experiences, traumas, offenses, unforgiveness, it will produce bitter roots in us every time. It's like the little package of seeds that you buy at the store. If you follow this recipe, those seeds usually will work. Sometimes I bought a whole, one time I bought a, a bag of seeds and the whole bag was a dud. Either that or I was just really that bad. It was one or the other, but I think it was all a dud. Uh, but usually those seeds in there work, and these seeds will work 100% of the time. If you practice bitterness, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil a stronghold. Well, guess what? If you don't practice what God's telling us to do, you're giving the devil a stronghold, a foothold in your life, and then getting mad at God for letting it happen. When he said, hey, I told you to forgive. I'm telling you for a reason. Amen? So, um, let's see. Someone wanted to share the Wi-Fi password with me. I need to change my... <laughs> it was like that day that guy came and shared a picture on my tablet. Anyway... Um, it's very common, it's easy to happen uh, to, get, to get bitter at somebody. You know, and sometimes we can practice it so much that we do it like that. Well, just like, boom, you, just, you get into a habit, you just, well, I'm writing them off. Oh, yeah, they said that to me, I'm writing them off. And just, we get into this habit. And that is not how God wants us to be, amen? So sometimes these offenses and, you know, bitterness is, is legitimately justified. Somebody did something absolutely horrific to somebody and you can get why they're offended but other times we just practiced it you know it isn't necessarily people that have the worst lives that are the most bitter in the world it's people that practice bitterness there's people that have had really really terrible lives and they're some of the most joyful people that you meet because they've walked in love and forgiveness and guess what you can too so these judgments we have we can come against our brothers our sisters our mothers our fathers Friends, strangers, teachers, pastors, bosses, really anyone you have a relationship with, you have potential to become bitter at them because they're different than you are. They think different than you do. They talk different than you do. They're different. So the problem with these seemingly common judgments is the Bible says that will cause us trouble and it'll file people in our lives. So we, it's, it's kind of a problem. So these roots, take, they, they take roots in our life and they will stop you from growing spiritually and emotionally. They will stop you. Amen. Have you ever dealt with roots and bushes and stuff? Well, last year, Holly and I were out in the yard doing some yard work and had some rhododendrons. I was trying to, we were trying to pull up, and we had some boxwood kind of hedges we were trying to get rid of that had been there for probably 50, 60 years or something. They're original, and the older they are, those roots get really big. So we're out there. We're digging around them, trying to get them loose and shaking them around. And we're down there trying to clip them and trim them, so I'm trying to make them loose. And those things didn't want to come out of the ground. Have you guys ever done that before? I mean, those things are, like, those, those balls of the roots are just tough. So I got a shovel in there, and I was, like, bouncing on it like that. And I'm thing just snapped the shovel, broke it up. Like, man, I got another shovel, put in there, bouncing it, bouncing it, moving different angles, digging deeper. Boom, broken that one off. I got a third shovel. I thought it was a steel shovel. I started doing the same thing with it. It broke off. It wasn't steel. It was fiberglass. I'm like, dang, that one was expensive. The other ones were cheaper. That one was more expensive. And I'm like, those, th those bushes are not going to lick me. I'm going to get them somehow or another there. So I got this metal pole in the garage. I put it under there. And I was like bouncing on it, like jumping up and down, bouncing it. And that thing wouldn't come out of the ground. It bent that pole. 
I couldn't believe I bent that pole. I tried to bend that pole back. I still haven't got it bent back yet. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to hook my four-wheeler up to that thing. So I took my four-wheeler outside, hooked the ratchet strap to it, hooked it to the little trailer hitch on the back, put it in four-wheel low, put it in uh, four-wheel drive, put it in low gear. I'm like, all right, get out of the way, Holly. <laughs> Gave it some gas. Boom, next thing that thing jerked me, stopped, and pulled me up on two wheels like that, and I had to lean forward. I thought it was going to flip me over. Those roots are strong. They wouldn't come up. And finally, we did get them up. I don't know, we just had to do more trimming eventually. But it took a long time to get them up. And, you know, in our lives, roots will do what they're designed to do. They'll hold you right where you're supposed to be. They'll hold you. They'll make you stay stuck right there, just like that tree was stuck in my yard. Those bushes were stuck. I could not get them out. No matter how much power I had, I couldn't do it until after we got down deeper and deeper. And today, I think God wants you to go down a little deeper and get rid of some of these roots so you'll be more free. You know, sometimes God leads us into something that we don't really want to do, but it's for our good. I mentioned this to Holly yesterday, kind of like going to a funeral. Nobody wants to go to a funeral, whether, you're, whether there are family members involved or if it's you're going to support a family. You really don't want to go because it's really, really sad. And for, if you have family involved, it's, it's uh, kind of a, a feeling of finality. It's closure. It's all this stuff. But guess what happens if you don't go? It'd be worse for you if you don't go because you don't have that closure. So even though you know funerals are tough, they're hard to go to, it's still good for you to be there. And the same thing with this inner healing ministry we talk about, forgiveness ministry. It might be tough for you to go there, but if God's leading you there, it's better for you to have some closure and some healing in these parts of your life than just to go through life sailing through like everything's fine when God has another whole version of life he wants you to experience. Your view of normal to you right now doesn't have to be the same a month from now, a year from now. It doesn't have to be the same. It can be different because God changes your life as we forgive. Amen? So we need to cut those bushes out of there, those boxwoods or whatever, get out of there. So we need to understand bitter judgments. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 say this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. From the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I don't know about anyone else, but when I read verses like that sometimes, it scares me a bit, because sometimes I can be a little judgy. Now, I'm much better than I used to be, believe me, me, I was a pro-judger, I was the whatever, I don't know what my title would be, but it was bad. I, I had a critical spirit is what it was. I was critical of myself and others, and it was, it was I, and you can, you can spiritualize it like it's a, it's a spiritual gift of prophetic stuff. No, it's a critical spirit. Fault-finding critical spirit. That's I definitely had that. But anyway, um, but we many people assume these judgments. It says we're going to reap what we sow here, basically. But maybe they think these judges are going to happen in the, in the one day far off in the great white throne room judgment day on the, at the end. But it doesn't say that, does it? The measure you use will be measured to you. And whether it's coming now or coming later, either way, I kind of think I want to avoid it if I can. You know what I mean? You're like, just because you're putting off a problem to later doesn't mean it doesn't go away. So whether we receive it now or later, it doesn't matter. But most commonly, the people we judge the most are the people we spend the most time with. Right? Just a statistically mathematical, logical thing. Because the more time you risk somebody, the more time they have to tick you off. Right? <laughs> so this leaves our parents as open targets to pass judgment on. Now I am going to focus on parents some here. Uh, because it's easy to, to do, and, and that's something that I had to deal with. But it isn't just limited to parents. It's children. It's people we work with, relatives. It's anybody, anybody you can think of. So the problem with judging our parents especially is God said that we're supposed to honor them. And it's tough to honor somebody and judge them at the same time. All right, Matthew fifteen four says this, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. Now, I want to make sure you realize that's a verse quoted from the Old Testament, okay? He's quoting it for a reason, so we can't, uh, so we don't kill anybody. But you see the importance here, like, this is a big deal to God, not to curse our mothers and our fathers, okay? The Ten Commandments talks about this. It's the first commandment, it said, with a promise, to honor your father and mother. We see this in Ephesians two, uh, 6, verse 2 and 3. It says, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. When there was something in your heart that isn't right towards your mom and your dad, now I know there's, there are no perfect mothers, there are no perfect fathers. 
There are legit reasons for people to have beefs, offenses with their parents. I get that. But the Bible also gives us power to forgive them of those offenses. Amen. Amen. Yes? So when we dishonor our fathers and mothers, there's something in our lives is not going to go well. And it says, also, it insinuates it, it or implies premature death. Because it says, if you honor your father and mother, you're going to live a long time. But what does it imply if you're not honoring your father and your mother? Now listen, I realize in our natural world standards, there are many fathers and mothers out there that are not worth honoring. I get it. You look at the prison system, they had a Mother's Day thing, all the guys show up and they wrote Mother's Day cards. They had a Father's Day thing and nobody showed up. I, I understand that. But just because our father or our mother is not worthy of honor doesn't mean we need to show them some type of honor in some way. It's kind of like honoring the president. The president we have in any year, I'm not talking just right now, but in any year is not always worthy of honor. But the position is worthy of honor. And we're supposed to show honor because we are creatures of honor. We are created like God, who is, talks about honor. So when we dishonor our fathers and our mothers, there's something in our life that's not going to go well. I remember years ago, I was at a church in Roanoke, Virginia. I was on staff there. And um, this guy came in. He, looked like, he really looked like the Monopoly man. I can't remember the guy's name. Fount, Fount Schultz, I think it is. Yeah, and he had a little curly mustache. and He had everything but the top hat on. He looked like that guy. And I'm in there, and at that point, my heart was very, very hard towards my dad. It was like rock solid hard to the point where I said to Holly one day, uh, I don't know if I said to anyone else, but I definitely said to Holly, if my dad was to die, I don't know if I'd even go to his funeral. He was in Canada. I was in Virginia. We hardly even saw each other. There was still so much stuff there that that's, I remember saying that to her. So I didn't think about it. And I'm in church one day, and this guy's up there giving his sermon. And he said this line, he goes, if, if you've cut off your heart from your earthly father, there's a part of your heavenly father that you'll never know. And I, I remember going, there like, what does this old guy know? I was like, I just remember thinking that. And next thing you know, he repeated it, said it a second time. And uh, when he said it the second time, I supernaturally started crying. I don't know how to explain it any other way. I was scoffing him, mocking what he said. I was, my heart wasn't in what he was saying. I didn't want to go there. My heart was hard, but somehow I'm in the youth section, Hollywood beside me, like, and I started like, I need a Kleenex. Like, it's like, stop. I said, well, tears and snot coming from places. Like, I, like, I need a Kleenex now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. People are looking at, turn around looking at me. Like, God's put this spotlight on me. Like, I guess that's talking about Ryan because he's got a big uh, reaction right now. And I really didn't realize just how much bitterness and hate those roots had grown down in there. And it wasn't like my dad was terrible. We just, we butted heads sometimes. And we never, we never talked it out and worked it out. Um, but you know, another thing of this, the more bitter I became towards him, the, the, I could not remember our good stories. I couldn't remember the good, the good times, the good stuff that he did for the, when he fixed my car and he fixed my bicycle or took me to hockey games and took me to basketball games and stuff. I, I like, it's like he never did anything good for me my whole life. That's what, when you get to that point of bitterness, it totally clouds your lenses of how you see life. You can't remember the good stuff. But as I walk through forgiveness of my dad, also, all these memories came back, like, why was I so bitter? Like, there were some reasons, don't get me wrong, but he had reasons to be bitter at me, too. There are no perfect people, amen? I'm not trying to, Mom, you listen, I'm not trying to say I was a perfect son. I'm just saying I had issues going on. But it's funny, after I forgave, all these memories of good things Dad had done for me came back to me. That's not normal, is it? That has to be supernatural. It has to be some kind of spiritual principle in there. So God wants us to forgive our family. And, you know, sometimes we place these unrealistic expectations on our parents. I, I was guilty of this because we, we compare them to this guy, we compare them to that guy, this family, and this person. Well, so-and-so's dad did this, and so-and-so's mother lets them do that. And we, we get these judgments start forming against our parents because so-and-so's family did it differently than ours. And it's not fair. Even in our own home, it's not fair to compare your mother with your father because they had different parents, they had different backgrounds, different upbringings, different experiences, different traumas, different stuff. It isn't fair to compare anybody to anybody, really, is it? Because we're all different. We all have gone through different pains and we process them differently. And so I had these unrealistic expectations on my dad. And one day I was praying and God said to me, did your dad can't give you what he doesn't have? I'm like... 
What do you mean? He goes, these, these expectations you have, he's supposed to do this and this and look like the TV dad and the, all these guys that do all this stuff just perfectly and whatever. He goes, he doesn't have that in him, so he can't do that. He, he had hurts in him. He had pain in him. He had fear in him. He had anxiety in him. He had stuff that he went through in his lifetime. But I was so bitter and mad at him for how it affected me, I didn't even know or care what he had been through. The challenges that he went through in his life, how rough it was for him growing up, or different things he had to do, working two or three jobs sometimes, trying to make ends meet. I was so bitter at and my self-justified feelings that I didn't even care how hard it was for him. I had like zero empathy for him. If you get to that place, guys, I'm just telling you, it's a dark place. And God's not there. God's not there. The devil's there. God's not there. Um, so when they don't meet these unrealistic expectations, when they don't meet these often unspoken unrealistic expectations, because you're just supposed to know, you're my dad, you're my mom, you're just supposed to know. Well, guess what? We don't know. Oh, man. We'll get it right. Women, women men don't know. Like, if you want them to just figure it out, you got to tell them. Write it on paper. Put a billboard out there. Boom, boom. Don't try to hint it. We're, if we haven't got it in 20, 30 years, we're probably never going to get it. Like, just, we don't know. And we, we do that to our parents sometimes, you know, like these unspoken, here's my expectations of you, but I'm never going to tell you what they are. But when you don't meet them, I'm going to hold my feelings captive from you and like, in heart my heart, like, but I'm going to judge you. You're not a good mother. You're not a good father. If you're a good mother, a good father, you would do this and you would do that. And guys, you know what? It is so unfair. It is not right. And it doesn't come from heaven. Those thoughts are selfish. They're from, a lot of them coming from the devil. A lot of them are coming from the devil inspiring you to think this way about the people who gave you life. Okay, so we judge them without understanding or walking a mile in their shoes. And when we do, it brings problems. The Bible says it's not going to go well with you. And it's a vicious cycle. So let me share what, what some of these words mean. We'll put Hebrews 12, 15 back on the screen. To see to it that no one uh, falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The word trouble there means to crowd in. I think I have a PowerPoint for that, for that definition. Yeah, thank you. To crowd in, to annoy, to excite disturbance, the growth of a poisonous plant. Who wants to grow a poisonous plant? Well, guess what? When we're bitter and we're unforgiving of our family members or anyone for that matter. I mentioned family here, but we're growing a poisonous plant on the inside of us. Okay? And the next one, defile, it means to stain, to tinge or dye with another color as a stain of glass, to pollute to contaminate, or to soil. And that's what you're doing to your own heart, to your own life, and it says you defile many. You do that to people around you. You know, we can become so bitter at stuff, and, uh, you know, misery loves company. They love a crowd. You start whining and grumbling about somebody, you'll find someone who will chime in with you and agree with you, won't they? Oh, you don't, you don't have to look away. I know you're guilty. We've all done it. I mean, misery loves company. You start grumbling and complaining. Some will walk away, don't want to hear it. Some will join right in. And I'm telling you, when we fail to honor our parents, mistakes and all, we can, without even realizing it, judge them bitterly. And by doing so, we defile ourselves and many others as well. There's something about our life that isn't going to be right. Amen? You guys okay? I'm just telling you the truth because God's smarter than we are. He knows the best way to live. All right, so one way to identify bitter root judgment is to listen to what you say and the tone of voice you say it in. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. If you can't talk about a certain person without the tone of your voice changing to another elevation, there is something in your heart that's not right. Every time, every time, there's no lies coming from there. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. If you can't talk about this story without reliving all the pain from it, all the trauma from it, without elevation of your words and tone and attitude and the look, the, you, guess what? I mean, just being real, right? And I'm not, I'm not talking to someone who hadn't had to deal with it. I've had to go through this stuff. I had to walk through it. I say something to somebody, and I'm like, why did I use that tone? I'll give you an example. Like, you know, in time, you know, 20 years down the road from high school or so, you change a little bit, don't you? You grew up, you mature a little bit. But sometimes you see somebody that you haven't seen since high school, and all of a sudden they treat you like you were 20 years ago. 
And every other relationship you have in your life, they're treating you like you are now. You mature to this different person. They treat you like that. But they start treating you like, like this. And I found myself doing that with my, my, well, two people I can think of, my brother and my mother. Robin's often lived somewhere else. Mom's been in Canada or in Florida most of the time since I've been living here. And um, they'd come to visit sometime, Christmas, different holidays and stuff. And all of a sudden, they'd talk to me like I was in high school or middle school or knowing me after my flesh, after my olden days. And all of a sudden, I'd respond back out of my flesh like the olden days. And I used a tone with my mother and my brother at different times like, I don't ever use that tone anymore. Where did that come from? Well, just because I progressed in my life in these areas towards people I was currently in relationship with didn't mean I got healed of the stuff that I needed to deal with with my brother and my mom. So I was like, hey, I'm sorry I spoke to you like that. I don't know where that's coming from. I'm going to have to go pray because there's something in there that's not right. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, right? If you do it, there's something in your heart that isn't right. Amen. Are you okay? Is it okay with you that you're not right sometimes? I think it has to be. Either that or we're just very seriously delusional right? There's stuff in our heart we need touched and healed, and God wants to do that if we let him. So uh, often the people we hang out with the most can bring these bitter feelings. So bitterness and judging has side effects. One, our bitterness will cause trouble and defile many, and two, our judging brings other judgment. I don't like either one of those things. Like, I don't like that. So these judgments also call what's caused a boomerang effect. I think I have a picture of that for you guys on there. Um, would have brought one, but I don't own a boomerang, and I didn't know if it would be safe to really throw it in here or hurt somebody. But these judgments of ours cause a boomerang effect. The way we judge others, it will in some way come back on us. Some way or another, come back on us. All right, Dick Robinson says this. I have a quote for that for you, too, on there. Bitterroot judgments cause a spiritual bondage in, our, in each of our lives. The person that judged, uh, that we judged now has become... The person that judged now has become trapped into the same kind of behavior that once hurt them. So we basically judge our parents for doing this, this, and this. And next thing you know, in the very same way you judged your parents in that way, you become just like that. So let me tell you this part of this story, um, my story. When Holly and I were younger, first married, when we get into our heated discussions or our disagreements and misunderstandings and stuff, when she really wanted to throw a low blow or, uh, you know, just really get down and dirty, she, she called me my dad's name. Because she knew if she called me Eddie, I'd be ticked off. Like, that, that, that would get my attention. So she said, all right, Eddie, would you stop acting like that? And I'm like, don't you call me that. Now, you know I don't like it when you call me that. I don't like that. And she goes, well, stop acting like him. I was like, well, I want to stop acting like him. I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, because sometimes you can be, I can be, we can be, um, angry and you're not even really sure why like it's unjustifiably angry like you go from like zero to ten and it's like something little you know and there's something in there we need to get healing from so anyway uh holly was saying this stuff to me and so sometimes i'd have a response back to her call her mom or something like that these conversations never did go well just say no this is not what this is not what to do i'm telling you what not to do but um it's funny the more that i did not want to become like my dad because he hurt me the more i became exactly like him in so many ways. I remember saying stuff to my kids, forgive me again, that my dad said to me when I was little, and I hadn't heard it in 30 years, yet I'm quoting it word for word. Out of, I mean, something just came out of my heart somewhere. I'm quoting it word for word, the same tone, probably the same scowl and everything, uh, onto them, because why? I never forgave them. And I'm telling you, those roots will hold you in place. They'll keep you stuck there spiritually. They'll stick you there emotionally, just like those roots in my yard, on my tree, until we forgive from our hearts, our families, our people around us that hurt us. Amen. So Lauren doesn't know how good she has it compared to the boys. <laughs> That's what the boys always tell her anyway. Uh, so, but I do thank God. If, if you've known me for a long time, I'm using me for example because it's easier to do, say, your story. Because the stories I know about you, I heard in Sozo's, are confidential. But for me, I can say it because I don't care. I want, I, I, I'm willing to share my story because I want you to be healthy. I want you to do, this is something I have practiced what I am preaching. Okay, this is not something I'm just telling you, forgive somebody, then I go on hating everybody. This is something I've actually practiced. And as God takes you down that journey of mercy and forgiveness, you need to take him by the hand and go there because he knows what's good for you. All right? 
So, uh, yeah. So, um, there is power in forgiveness. God doesn't want us to stay that way. Over the course of time, God helped me to forgive my dad and release bitter, those bitter feelings and those roots. And, you know, by the time he passed away in 2015, I went from being the son that said I wouldn't even go to his funeral to being the son that preached at my dad's funeral. And four people put their hands up to receive Christ that day. And two of them were family members of mine that never, ever, ever go to church. And I was like, I have to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was like, you know, I was sad. My dad was passed away and gone. Missed him and everything. But I was like, someone has to tell my family about Jesus. Someone has to tell them. So I did. And I'm glad I did that. But um, guys, just think of what would happen if I didn't, if I didn't forgive him. Those, my, those family members... Even the ones that didn't respond that day, they heard the gospel. They heard it. So they never go to church, ever. They only came because they loved my mom. So um, Jesus wants us to forgive because our forgiveness of ourselves and others has power to change people's lives around us. Amen? Amen. Now I'll tell you this. Everyone loves forgiveness. I've said this lots of time until it's our turn to forgive. Amen? When you screw up, you definitely want your wife to forgive you or your child to forgive you. And you really feel thankful. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Well, guess what? Sometimes people you'll forgive, they're never going to say thank you. They're never going to appreciate it. They're never going to even care. They couldn't care less, whatever. But as it is for you, live at peace with all people. You can still forgive whether it's reciprocated or not. Amen? You might have to forgive someone who's already died and gone to heaven. Well, guess what? You're not going to get an apology from them. (laughs) You're not going to get an email or special message. We need to forgive. Check, check. I want to tell you a few stories about these, this boomerang effect and this uh, bitterroot judgments. Um, Randy Clark's wife, Diana, one time, she had a clean freak for her mother. Some of you guys heard me tell this before, but it's a really weird story. But her mother was very particular about how she cleaned. You've got to clean these floors. I want these floors so clean you can eat off them. And when she wouldn't clean them good enough, she'd make her go back and do them again and again and again. And she got mad at her mother, and she judged her mother harshly as a young girl for doing this. Well, years later, she's ra- married to Randy Clark. They had several kids and growing up. And she would, guess what? She became worse than her mother. I know this sounds weird. I'm telling you, it's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So this, you want to take this? So, um, so the, what she would do was even more weird. When she'd have company, friends over the house, stuff like that, they'd walk across the carpet. Deanna would get on her hands and knees and make sure all the carpet strands were all going in the same direction. Even when the company was still there. Now, that's weird. And she knew it. It was weird. And it embarrassed Randy, embarrassed the kids, embarrassed everybody. And she couldn't stop it. It was like this compulsion. Like, it's driving me crazy. i got to fix it. And guess where it came from? That, that tinting, that staining, that defiling... It came from judging her mother. So years later, she went through inner healing, and she went through forgiveness of her mother. She canceled this judgment of her mother because it made her really angry, the cleaning thing. And after that, she was able to have friends over without getting weird and fixing the carpet. Now, I know that's a small example, but it's, it's just an example in our lives that you're going to reap what you sow in some way or another. In bitterness, you're not going to reap something that's good. So uh, another example... Um, you guys probably heard of Cindy Jacobs. She's an author, speaker, teacher, prophet to the nations, a heart for the nations. Uh, one day her husband Mike came home from work and made this shocking announcement that they were selling their house and they were moving and he was going to go back to school. They already had kids that were grown. I mean, they was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Where did this come from? We're not going to talk about this? What? They usually made all their decisions together and all of a sudden she just said, he, he just said, we're moving. So this didn't make her very happy. Uh, she was very upset, and she didn't understand why. Why is he doing this? And so the next morning, he went to work, and he didn't. they weren't really talking. They were mad at each other. And she's praying. She's trying to pray, but she's kind of that quiet praying, like, you know, angry, but still praying, kind of like, like God's like, Mike's acting kind of unreasonable, isn't he? And she said she was afraid to answer because she figured God was going to trick her and saying, you know, you're acting unreasonable too. But uh, he, w- he wanted to say, um, Mike is acting, he wanted to say, you are reaping what you have sown. That's what she heard God say to her. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately she's taken back this memory from when she was younger, high school or middle school or something. Her dad was a pastor. And sometimes in that denomination, when something bad happened, they'd have to pack up and move. 
and she wouldn't even get a chance to go say bye to her friends or anything. This happened several times. And so she became really bitter at her dad for this packing up, moving away, and just going without any explanation, any chance to, uh, to say goodbye to anybody, and just leaving. And here, all these years later, she's judged her, her, her dad over that without knowing the facts because she doesn't, the dad didn't share what was going on in the church, why he had to leave. Years later, now her husband's coming home wanting to pack up everything and move and go back to school without giving her any explanation. It didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. It was like, this is how he acts. Acts normally. So she forgave him, walked through this forgiveness, released it. He came home from work that day. He said, so are we still moving? You still going back to school? I don't know what I was thinking. I forget about that. Just forget that even happened. Now, we can say that's a coincidence if you want to. But I'm telling you, there's a spiritual law here. We're going to sow what we reap. And it isn't just all in heaven one day. So uh, uh, this is another one. Uh, one key factor to remember bitter judgments is the law of sowing and reaping. This is from Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Again, another one of our scary verses. I don't really like that one. Uh, but as long as you sow good stuff, that's good. But, uh, and there is grace and forgiveness in, in this. But it's talking about in relationships, we're going to sow what we reap. So when you sow in a garden, what's bigger, the seed or what you reap, what you harvest? All right? When you sow potatoes in the ground, you usually get more potatoes, bigger potatoes, lots of potatoes. You sow corn in the ground, you get stalks and a whole bunch of corn. When you plant apple seeds in the ground, you get like Johnny Appleseed, you get a whole bunch of apple trees, right? Well, what happens when you sow judgment? What happens when you sow judgment? You know, Hosea 8, 7 says this. I have this one on a PowerPoint for you guys. Um, It says that he that sows the wind will reap the whirlwind. Okay? I think that makes me think of judgment a little bit. I don't know about you guys. So Cindy had sown these judgment against her father and reaped it through her husband years later. Her judgment against her dad had defiled or tainted her husband's ability to think clearly in that situation. And once uh, she had repented of that judgment, her husband was free to think clearly again. Now, I know someone can think, like, that's not real. How do you know? I mean, a lot of stuff in the Bible... We have no idea the explanations of it until they give them to you. When Jesus interprets these, to tell a story or interprets a parable. When we judge someone else's behavior and become bitter about it, our vision can become cloudy by what the Bible calls a plank. You ever hear that? Okay, let me read it to you. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Why do you look at the speck in your, own, in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. There's something you can do in the area of judgment and fault-finding criticalness that can taint your vision. Like, like rose-colored glasses or different stained glasses. You're going to see something differently than the way it actually is, and it can come from bitterness and unforgiveness. Do you see that? I'll give you another example here. One time, again, Cindy Jacobs, same one. She was praying with a friend for her husband to get saved. And during that prayer time, this lady said, my husband's never going to get saved. He's just a mean, old, nasty man, blah, 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 blah. And Cindy corrected her, like, whoa, 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 don't be speaking that over your husband. Why are you saying that? In this conversation, she told her about bitter root judgments and stuff like that. She canceled her judgment against her husband, forgave him. A week later, the guy got saved. And I, that's not a formula, but it's, but it's a, a, a spiritual law of the power of sowing and reaping, the power of our words and forgiveness. Amen? So um, when, Cindy was, when Mike and Cindy were kids were small, they purchased a home and they came, came with a washer and dryer. The dryer had issues overheating and Cindy was concerned it was going to catch fire or something like that. So she kept asking her husband to come fix it. She begged him, asked him, even nagged him to, to fix it. And he just never wanted to fix it when he came home. Listen carefully. <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm not saying. So um, she started praying about that. God, why is he, he's not used like this. Why is he not fixing this stuff? And she started praying about it the way, because you, you judged your dad this way. Apparently she judged her, her dad harshly for not fixing this and not fixing that. And now she's again reaping it through her husband. So she forgave her husband. 
uh, let it go, cancel the judgment against him. He came home that night without even being asked and fixed the dryer. Listen closely, ladies. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, uh, it's, again, it is not a, a law. It's not a, a, a formula. Thank you. That's the word I want. But it is a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Amen. And this can go both ways. The, the women can do what the men, men with women. Let me tell you this other story. Um, a lady in Texas told her uh, a sad story about her daughter running away. Uh, she had not seen her in years, and she came to this meeting and was learning about bitter judgments. And she had told her daughter she was no good. She was embarrassed by her because she was uh, just living a rough lifestyle. She was a troublemaker, and she had judged her daughter harshly for this. So during this meeting, she felt really convicted of her, reminded of her words and convicted of her words and asked God to forgive her for this judgment she had against her daughter and her daughter bringing embarrassment to the family and things like that. And uh, during, she forgave her, walked out, and during one of the breaks, her daughter called her on her cell phone. First time in years and years and years. And her, her daughter said this, said, Mom, I'm sorry that I left home. Can I come home? And, and her mother, full of joy, and many tears replied, oh, honey, of course, you come home. Come home today. And she paid for her to get a bus ticket, come home. And they started working out their issues and reconciliation. Um, there are spiritual laws and principles that God has put in effect in this world today. And they still work when we do them the way he asks us to do them. You can feel justified in your bitterness. You can feel justified in your unforgiveness. But guess what? You're going to grow those deep, bitter roots, just like I did. That's hard to pull up from the ground. It's going to stop you from moving and growing spiritually or growing emotionally. It's going to make you stuck where you were all those years ago. Unless you let the Lord trim and cut those, prune those branches and take that stuff out and let, the, let him put a good new thing in your heart of love and peace. I'm telling you, It is possible. It is possible. I forgave my dad. And I'll tell you this one more story with my dad. I went through many sozo sessions and their inner healing forgiveness that we do here. And it was like four or five of them. And every time one would start, it usually starts like, Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive? Some part in the sozo that's going to come out. Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive? And every time I ask that question, four or five sozos in a row, I hear God say, your dad. I'm like, no way. I have forgiven him. I've done this. This is like my fifth sozo. Like, come on, I've forgiven my dad. And I heard God say this so clearly. He goes, you haven't forgiven him the way I forgave him. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, and I, this is what I said back to God. Maybe you don't talk to God like this, but I did. But I said, and I, I, first he, I said, what do you mean? He goes, he said, you still disrespect him. And I'm like, you're dang straight, I do. <laughs> I did before I even knew it. I was talking to God like that. I was like, well, you're dang straight, I do. Because I, I did. I had disrespect in my heart because it was an area of my heart I hadn't forgiven him yet. And God says to me, I don't. I said, are you lying to me? I'm like, God, for real, you really, with what, what you know that he did and didn't do, whatever, you really don't have any disrespect for him in your heart? He said, not a bit. Not at all. And I'm like, well, help me. Help me, because I do. And I did. And so Dad and I got to talk it out years later. I was able to lead Dad in a sozo himself. It was only like probably maybe a month or so before he passed away. I lead him in a sozo, and I was praying with him. And he, he was one of the things he had trouble with doing was forgiving himself. And he asked, one of the questions I got him to ask, him, Holy Spirit, am I really forgiven for the things that I've done and not done? And he heard God say it, because I, I could tell it was God, because he, he doesn't talk like that, and he was very emotional. How to get the words out? He heard God say, before you were even born. And man, when he, when he heard that, it was like this, like, boom, like this sonic boom went through the room. And for the first time in his life, he finally forgave himself for what he had done in his past. And, you know, it's funny the Bible says that he's not holding our sins against us. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, he's removed this stuff. But if we're in agreement with the enemy, if we're in agreement with the, the devil, we're in agreement with the liar, it's going to empower those lies and the bitterness, and it's going to make us hard-hearted, and it's going to make us bitter, amen? So, Sidney Jacobs says this, the principle of releasing bitter root judgments is one of the most powerful truths she's ever learned in her Christian walk. And at any time there is an unreasonable situation surrounded her, she always checks to see if she has a bitter root judgment. Now I'm going to give you just quickly here, I don't know what time it is, but hopefully it's okay, but I'm going to give you some tips on how to forgive people. 
some, some different things, and then I'm going to pray for you, and we'll, we'll do communion here. But guys, we need to live a lifestyle of mercy and forgiveness, don't we? Do we want mercy and forgiveness in our lives? Well, guess what? We need to sow it then. Amen? So some of you have already uh, started on this journey of forgiving yourself for and others. You've started on this way, and that's wonderful. Other you started, and then you stopped because it got too hard. But I want to encourage you to keep going. Let God take you on the hand, by the hand, walk you down this road, even if it's scary a bit, even if he's going to lead you somewhere it's unknown for you right now. Let him lead you down that way because at the end of the road is more freedom. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. It's not a trick. He's not tricking you. He's not holding the carrot out in front of you. He will really will release you with freedom as you forgive and walk in these things. Amen. He really will. So it, let God adjust any situation in your life, any person in your life. can't be this room over here. We can't go into this room over here because over here that's too dark. That's too dirty. That's too nasty. That's too painful. I'm not willing to go there. If you're not willing to go there yet, well, guess what? You might not be ready for the healing that he wants to do just yet. And I, I do realize sometimes there is a process. Healing's like, it's like peeling an onion. He's going to take it in layers. He didn't talk to me day one about the disrespect towards my dad. He talked to me about that a long time later because he worked me way up, way up to that. But um, if there's a certain area of your life you're unwilling to go to, a certain person or situation you can't go to, your healing, your freedom is probably on the other side of that. I would guess probably 99% of the time. So uh, for some, you can handle this on your own. I can give you these prayers. You can go home and pray and release people. You can, you can do it, and it's great. You can do that. For others of you, you need to stop putting off and make a dang sozo appointment already. I've been talking about this for, since 2014. I'm telling you, they work. This isn't counseling. It isn't therapy. I'm not writing a prescription for you or anything like that. It's your, your God's going to reveal lies you believe that hold you in bondage. Then he tells you what the truth is, and it brings freedom to your heart. And it does. It really does. Who here has had a sozo before? I'd say a third, half the room maybe. Half. How many of you say, did it help you? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, if you don't know more about that, you can ask me later. But take it from someone who's traveled down this road. Maybe a little further than you have. Maybe I haven't. But maybe I have a little further than you in the area of forgiveness. There is healing. There is restoration. There is freedom, and there is liberty on the other side. It takes a whole lot more effort to be hateful than it does just to love and let go. My, one of the things my dad, my, God told me about my dad before, uh, before he passed was, listen, here's what I want you to do. Stop trying to change him and just love him the way he is right now. I didn't even realize I was trying to change, but I guess I was because I, I experienced this inner healing, forgiveness and stuff. I wanted everyone to experience it like I'm sharing with you now. He'll stop trying to change you. Just love him the way he is. So I started doing that. And we had all kinds of conversations we probably never would have had before if he felt my judgment or my rolling of the eyes or the scoffing and stuff like that. All kinds of stuff that we had to talk about was on the side of forgiveness. Amen. All right, so here's how we deal with these and break these judgments. If you want to put that on the screen for me. Um, make a list of relationships in your life that may have been affected by bitter root judgments. Confess these judgments to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any bitter root judgments that you may not be aware of. Make a list of these judgments too. Pray and release the person. You want to take a picture of this, you can. If you want me to send it to you, I can. Um, that's fine. Uh, pray and release the person who has hurt you the most and through whom you are reaping the most judgment. Usually family first. Okay, that's a good place to start. Look for areas in your life where there seems to be an endless loop of reaping. Examples, maybe you're uh, betrayed over and over and over again. There's this constant looping of a cycle in your life. There's probably some kind of bitter root judgment behind that's causing this looping. All right. Um, a sample prayer would be, Father, in the name of Jesus, I now release the following judgments against my dad or whoever it is. And then mention the situation for what? For lying to you or hurting your feelings or whatever it was. Two examples of judging against your father might be, uh, he was angry with you a lot or he never listened to you. Uh, forgive those who you've judged and ask the Lord to forgive you for judging them. And then break the power of reaping, which is the same effect as a curse upon your life. If we're reaping judgment, uh, the judgment probably isn't good. Amen? Amen. Two of you. Amen. 
I mean, I'm not talking about judgment, and I'm not, I don't, don't mean it hell, okay? There's more than one judgment than just hell, okay? We're, if we're saved, we're saved. I'm not talking about, but you can be internally frustrated. You can be internally uh, irritated, agitated, conflicted, and don't even know why. I was very frustrated as a young adult and teenager, and I didn't even know why. And my life was fairly good. It was, I had friends. I had stuff going on. It was good. I really couldn't think of a lot of bad things that were going on in my life, but I was internally frustrated, and it's because I was frustrated in the grace of God in my life, trying to earn something that God already gave me. So some of you may have already thought of people right away like, oh, man, I guess he's talking about me with my mom. Or he's talking about me with my dad, or talking about me with my uncle, or my brother. Am I talking about them? 100% yes. Anybody. Your boss. Uh, whoever it is, yes. That's who I'm talking about. You know who they are. You can't hide from it. It's in your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, you feel it. You know it. You just There's somebody here. I have to do something about this. This is killing me. And you know what? It kind of is. It kind of is. So... Uh, I want to pray for you guys right now. I'm not going to ask you to stand up and confess bitterness towards anybody like that. I'm just going to pray for you in general. If you want to stand, I'm going to pray this prayer over you. You can repeat it after me. Um, everybody can just stand. And you, you know somebody, I can take a minute, you can ask the Holy Spirit somebody you need to forgive. And you can just say this prayer quietly in your heart. You don't have to tell, you know, especially the person sitting beside you, you don't want to yell out, I forgive Joan. I forgive Joey, you know, like right beside you, like that's, yeah, it's, that's not wise. So just say that quietly under your breath, but um, it happens. Can you get bitterness and unforgiveness in a marriage? I'm not saying about you guys, just, just, just can you? Yeah. When you talk like Holly and I were talking to each other at the first, I talked about, that isn't, that isn't good. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for her. But she had reasons she was saying it because I was acting like a jerk to her. I was mean. I was some critical, fault-finding, nasty. Um, and so I didn't even know why, but it was because of what I, I judged my dad for those things. And I became just like him. So let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit because I really feel like Jesus came to set us free. Amen. Is that why he came? Let's not, just why don't we just embrace all that freedom. So... Just quietly in your own heart, just ask this question. Say, Holy Spirit, is there anyone that I need to forgive? Now, I'll give you a copy of this prayer later if you want it, because there's a good chance there's more than one person. Amen. All right, so um, this prayer's on the screen. If you guys want to pray this with me, again, don't say the person's name out loud, just as a reminder. But, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I now release the following judgments against my whoever. For, and then name what reason you're, you judge them for. I forgive those I have judged. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for judging them. I now break the curses that have been released against me as a result of my judging. And I command the effects from these bitter root judgments to be broken today in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I am here as someone to testify to you that this will work in your life. If you will forgive, if you will cancel judgments and cancel these uh, the curses that I talked about, your life will change. You will be happier, you will be healthier, and you'll get along with yourself and others a lot better. <laughs> that might sound weird, get along with yourself better, but I get along a lot better with myself than I used to. I like to live with me all the time. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Okay? God can heal those inner wounds, those inner conflicts, those, all that confusion stuff. He can heal that, and he wants to. Amen? Amen. You guys can be seated. We're going to take up, uh, we're going to do communion now. The elders will come up and prepare the Lord's table, please. That new pulpit is nice, but man, it's heavy. I even got gliders on that thing. I still doesn't want to go. You talk about practicing what you preach, huh? Look at this table behind me. 
Jesus isn't asking us to do something he wasn't willing to do himself. That's a, that's a definition of a great leader to me, is to ask someone to, to, to not be willing to ask someone to do something you're not willing to do yourself. He didn't ask you to do something he wasn't willing to do. He, he forgave you. He forgave me. Um, he did. He really did. Whether you were addicted to drugs, crack, whether you used to beat people up, tell lies, steal, cheat, cuss, swear, whatever you, whatever the thing was going on in your life, whatever it was, he forgave you if you asked him. And you know what? He doesn't disrespect you for it anymore. Just like my dad. He doesn't disrespect. It's like it's gone. It's like it didn't happen. It's justified freely by his grace. It's just as if you'd never sinned in your lifetime. That's how pure you are in his eyes because that's how much he's forgiven you. There, the forgiveness is not natural. Forgiveness is supernatural, and you have the supernatural ability in you to release those that offended you. If you choose to. Your forgiveness doesn't say what they did to you was okay. He isn't saying it's okay they lied to you or cheated from you or told bad stories on you or mistreated you or whatever they did wrong to you. It isn't saying that. It's saying, God, I'm not their judge. And I'm canceling my right to judge them. And I'm releasing it to you. And I'm going to let it in your hands. And ask you to forgive me for judging them. And I'm, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not, it's not ours. It's not ours. Amen. All they'll get was bitter with that stuff. So today we have a table here behind me. And what is this table? It's a table of mercy and grace. That he said, you want to know how much I forgive you? I'm willing to pour out my own blood. Spill it on the ground. Let my body be broken to nothing. To prove it to you that I'm with you 100% all the way. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. I just want to pray for us as we're going to take this table together. Jesus became sin who knew no sin. So you can become the righteous of God in Christ. He wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. And part of that's going to come through your forgiveness, forgiving others, canceling judgments, letting go of a critical spirit, fault-finding. Lord, I pray you'd fill our hearts with love and grace from you, but also for those that have hurt us. You said to pray for our enemies to pray for those that mistreat us and do wrong to us, to pray for them, to bless them and to not curse them. Hmm. That's challenging sometimes, God. But I pray even now a supernatural release of grace to forgive our offenders as you have forgiven us for our offenses. God, right now we just take this set these elements aside from common use to holy use for the glory of God. And may our lives be transformed today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you guys to come forward and receive from the Lord's table. When you do, just take it back to your seat, hold on to it, and then we'll take it all together as a family once everybody has received. So come now and receive from the Lord. <laughs>